Welcome, everyone. This is the Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism and its local missions fellowship, the Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. Go to breadoflifeboise.org to learn about both ministries and to gain access to archives of this radio program and an archive of full-length sermons as well. I'm glad you've joined us. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and as we go into our study today, we ask the Spirit of God to open our hearts to His truth, and we turn to consider what Jesus taught about the Bible. First, he taught that all of its historical accounts were fact. Second, he taught that it was God's supreme authority and word for our lives. Third, having done so, the Lord Jesus claimed authority to bring that scripture to their fullest meaning, and ultimately he taught that that Bible pointed to him. Everything that the Jews had in the Old Testament was the preliminary word of God that was perfected and finalized in the words of Jesus Christ. And so he says things like, you have read or you've heard it said, but now I say to you. Or truthfully, truthfully, I say unto you. And here he's establishing himself as somebody who's now expanding it and extending it further in its reaches into their life. We read at the beginning of our message, John 12, 48 and 50. I want to read it to you again with this in mind. Remembering that the Lord Jesus now is, in a sense, bringing to a progressive fullness the teaching that God has given in the Old Testament. He says, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And by the way, you can differentiate. Say is your exact word. Speak is your exact meaning. The words and the meaning are all of God. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, say, words, exact words, I speak, ideas, thoughts, concepts. The words themselves, the broader ideas, are all of God. You can't say when you come to the Word of God, you know, I kind of want to get the general meaning, but I'm going to reject these words. It's just a general thought that's being, there's error and mistakes in the words, but the general thought, and no. Jesus said it's both what I say and what I speak, what the Father told me, and then what I speak. Words and concepts together, God's Word. After finishing his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus then shares the parable of the house that's built upon the sand or the house that's built upon the rock, He says, whoever hears his saying and obeys them, hears what he has to say and obeys them, is like one who builds his house on the rock. We noted that Jesus said in Matthew 5.18, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot and tittle of that scripture that he spoke to and he referenced will by no means pass away until all of it has been fulfilled, all the law has been fulfilled. But later on, Christ will speak of his own words in the very same way. In Mark chapter 13.31, Jesus says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. My words will stand beyond that. You can't diminish the Old Testament scriptures, but Christ alone can elevate them to the truest and fullest meaning. And Christ alone can take you into the depths of their demand and purpose. Jesus claimed to possess an authority equal to the Old Testament, And Jesus claimed to possess an authority that alone fulfilled and brought forward the full and deep intent of that Old Testament word. 
he took over the truths of the Old Testament and he was to take over their authority before those he spoke to. In other words, he basically was saying to them, now listen, prior to this, your relationship with God and your standing before God was in reference to your willingness to listen to the word that God had spoke to the prophets and to the Old Testament scriptures. And it was your willingness to surrender and submit yourself to those truths and to live in accord with those covenants that brought you and kept you and maintained you in a relationship with God. But now I tell you that it's not those words that you must be in accord to and submit to because I'm the one who brings to you the full meaning of those words. It's my words. It's my truth. It's my authority that now you must submit to and yield to. Your connection to God now is your adherence to me and what I say about these things. From now on, people are not to be judged in their relationship with God by their connection to the law of the prophets, but by their connection to Christ and his teaching. Jesus and his teaching didn't circumvent the law but it did surpass it in excellence so that its excellence and its value was found only and that it rested in his teaching and in himself. He didn't contradict God's word, but he did complete it. He brought it to his fullness. And he calls all men to submit to that word as an expression of his full teaching. What does he tell his disciples after he's risen from the grave and before he ascends? All authority has been given unto me. Go, therefore, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded or all that I spoke. Fourth, Christ finally taught that he was the fulfillment of all that was told and taught in the Old Testament. He was the fulfillment of all that was told and taught in the Old Testament. It all formed around him, sometimes loosely, sometimes very specifically, but all of it was directing people to him as the full answer to everything anticipated and taught, every moral value, every truth, every principle, every point of light, all of it pointed to Christ himself as the full embodiment of all righteousness and the perfect expression of God's will and God's purpose. So after his resurrection in Luke chapter 24 and verses 27 and then in verses 44 and 45, we read these words. The Lord Jesus coming before his disciples and beginning to teach them and unfold them and remind them of what he taught them. It says, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. In all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And then he said to them, and starting in verse 44, and then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Listen, everything that I was speaking to you, everything that I was teaching you, all of it was an expression of, in me, an embodiment and an expression of the truth that is found in this word. It was all pointing towards me. All these things must be fulfilled concerning me. And he opened their minds and their understanding that they may comprehend the scriptures. They were to see and under the scripture now in light of Christ as the complete and full answer that the scriptures were directing us to and directing all people to. Grasping the full meaning of our Bibles will bring us to know and understand the person of Jesus Christ and his saving work on our behalf. All of it is meant to lead us to Christ. The commands of the New Testament are the reformulations of the perfect intent of the law in the old. They're meant to bring us to the Lord Jesus so that we might know him as he gives us his life to forgive us of our sins, 
to set us free from sin's guilt, to release us from the condemnation that comes to us because we have rebelled against God's perfect will for our lives and His law and His commands. It also brings us before those laws and those commands to show us where it is that God wants to empower us by His own life, not only to forgive us and set us free from sin, but now to empower us to live beyond it, to live holy and obedient lives according to the perfect standards of God so that we can be holy even as our Father in heaven is holy through the inwrought life of Jesus Christ living out the full expression of His complete fulfillment of God's Word within us. Not so that we can earn anything from God. We don't come to the Word of God so that we can earn anything from God. We come to the Word of God so that He can bring us into a place where we know Jesus better and He, the Lord Jesus, may better and better and more and more, I should say, live His life out from us as we receive Him by faith through that Word. The Lord Jesus taught the Word of God was the eternal and authoritative word and that its purpose was to bring us into eternal life with Him and completely under the rule of His authority as Lord. And in this way alone, we find blessing in our lives. Now, having said all that, let me make to you a few very quick points. That's a lot of information thrown out there. I want to write those points down somewhere. I'll have to send them out to you. Just the points, because they're important. They're actually revolutionarily important. They actually tell you why this book is so important to us. Why the scripture throughout the generations has held to the absolute trustworthiness and inerrance and inspiration of this word. Why, if you're going to call yourself Christian in any deep, profound meaning, you can't claim Christ and deny his word and what he taught about his word. It's formulative. It's foundational for our lives. Having said all that, here are four quick applications. Number one, Never make little of God's word. Never make little of God's word. Jesus didn't. Number two, never diminish the reality of what the Bible says in any place. Never diminish the reality of what the Bible says in any place. Jesus did not. Find in it how it brings you to Christ. Find in it the principles that God is seeking to teach us and apply to our lives in our present age. Find how it puts you under Christ's loving authority as the Lord of your life and then Submit in a point of loving surrender to him in that word. Number three, make it your goal to know the word more and more so you can know Christ better and better. You won't know more of Christ with less of this Bible. You won't grow in a deep walk with the Lord Jesus and knowing him without this word. It's this word from beginning. Start at the beginning and begin reading it. And see how Christ then answers it and fulfills it himself. It's all written to funnel us into an understanding of who Christ is and to bring us to the expansive place in which Christ reveals himself in all of his glory. Christ was a Bibline person. The Bible ran through his veins, his blood. At least 10% of all that Christ is recorded saying in the Gospels was either a direct quote of Scripture or a direct allusion to it. When tempted, he responded by proclaiming God's word. When questioned and tested by others to see what he was all about, his first statements were almost always to quote scripture. And that should inspire us to leave the same kind of life. God, make me a bibline person. Make my thinking, the way I process information, the way I speak it, that my mind goes back to your word, the word of God and refreshes itself in the word of God. And I can't tell you how helpful that has been to myself. 
to have issues and problems and challenges and oftentimes at the end of the day they compound upon you and the silence when everything's still, doubts and questions, you know, the enemy still comes to tempt us and say things to us and mock us and then all of a sudden, our, what, what do we do? We raise the word of God against it. We speak the word, you know, the other day I was thinking, oh Lord, it, it just feels like some of the prayers I've prayed for some people are not being answered. They're just continuing to live in the flesh in the same way and it's so discouraging. I don't even know if I was thinking that. I think instead Satan was saying, it's not worth it. It doesn't work. Look how slow they are. They don't respond and all of a sudden, so well, what, wait, let me, are there examples in God's word of people who God pursued over a long period of time before they turned to him? And I thought of Jacob. The story of Jacob. God made promises to his parents about what kind of man Jacob was going to be. God worked through Jacob to give him some desire to claim the things of God, but he wanted to claim it in his own flesh, in his own way. And God took Jacob through a long arc of testing and trial and, and discovery and hardship. And all on the way, Jacob was conniving. Jacob was Jacob was Jacob. Conniver, deceiver, conniver, deceiver, all along until... Finally, at one point in time, in the middle of the night, in a wrestling match, God broke Jacob down so that Jacob was just clinging a hold of God himself and said, I just want you to bless me. I won't let go of you because I just want your blessing. On that occasion, Jacob went from being conniver and deceiver, Jacob, to being Israel, prince with God. Over that long time, God is saying, listen, I've got plans and I'm working. You trust me. You keep praying Having God's word in your heart and your life and your mind provide you with the principles and the truths that allow you to stake your life out upon Christ and trust in Him and rest in Him. Thanks for listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and The Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I want to extend to you a welcome to join our worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church at 1023 East State Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.